Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. How's your week been going? It's been a little crazy. We had a sick baby. Um, She's nine months old now, and she had something going on, fevers, stomach bug, but Took her to the ER a couple times. I couldn't figure out what was going on. But, hey, I'm very thankful that not only is she doing better now, but no one else caught whatever she had going on. (laughs) So for our large family, that's a blessing. Yes. (laughs) That is. That truly is a blessing because you could be out for a month or two. That's something. Exactly. (laughs) That's happened before. It's like the apocalypse. I was very thankful it was only a week. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I know what that's like. I don't think I have anything to top that this week. You were quite busy. I think pretty much the most exciting thing I did was make Oreo cupcakes. <laughs> so hey, that sounds good. <laughs> it, they weren't good. I don't even. I didn't even get one, but I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I don't need it. But I'm glad everybody else enjoyed them. <laughs> well, today you were running all around, weren't you, with co-op? Yes, this week. I, yeah. I really was. I really wasn't home a lot this week, and sometimes that's. You know, we're going to be talking about that kind of um, a little bit about that. But I, I was running around a lot, and that can be good and that can be bad. It, 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 I, I, we were able to get a lot of school done, so I feel much better about it. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I didn't get much school done this week, so you're you're definitely doing better than me this week. But we're going to be talking about that too, right, the comparison? Exactly. That we all fall into. <laughs> it leads right in because, you know, our topic for today, we're on Episode 2, and our topic is four things that steal your joy in homeschooling. So that's our topic, and we hope that everybody will be able to relate to this and get something out of it that can help them bring more joy into their homeschooling. And talking about running around, our first point that we um, came up with was being overscheduled. How many people are overscheduled? Because... I find this happens a lot with homeschool families. Because we're home, we feel the need to fill our days, get our kids out there. Because even though we don't fall into the trap of thinking that socializing, you know, we know it's a myth, but at the same time we do want our kids out there and we want them to experience things. So we sign them up for everything. We sign them up for classes and co-ops and field trips. And sometimes it can be a bit much. It can lead to exhaustion. You're living your yes. life in this blur. You know, it's just, where'd your week go? It's just a blur. You know, you feel like you're not getting anything done academically. So you feel behind all the time. And that's not a good feeling. I mean, have you ever felt that way? That's just not a good feeling. It, you know, it's to not. Feel like- and I have to admit, I find myself overscheduling myself in so much more than homeschooling, but um, also in work and in church, and, you know, the list goes on and That's on. That's a good point. So, 
it's over scheduling all over the place and, you know, saying yes to everything. And in homeschooling in particular, I and you've gotten on to me about this, I find myself adding way too many subjects to the pile for the ages that I have. And so I feel like my day is gone before we, you know, get to all the extracurricular activities that I want to spend right. and I get down on myself for not being able to, you know, do that daily science project or that craft. Whereas, you know, if I spread that out a bit more it, or if it didn't happen at all, it's not the end of the world. Right. I mean, you know what, you brought up some really excellent points because I was thinking about overscheduling with, with regard to children. But it's true, sometimes we can be very ordered that way and then overschedule ourselves personally. Or we can keep saying, and you said, yeah, that, that really got me. When you said saying yes to everything, and it just sparked something that I just remembered. Um, when we say yes, I remember there was advice given that was, before you say yes to anything, wait like 24 hours and then say yes. Now, see, for some people that works, but I have found that just waiting that many of us will dig ourselves in a bigger hole because we might say, okay, I didn't say yes right away, so I have time to think about it. But a lot of the times we say yes because we feel kind of guilty saying no or we feel like we're being talked into it or we feel like, well, we probably should do this and extend ourselves. So sometimes it's just more time for us to talk ourselves into it. And it doesn't always prevent the problem. And I had heard, um, it was about, let's see, last year, I had gone to the two-to-one conference. And if, if you don't know what that is, it's a conference for homeschool bloggers. So it's a, it's I want to go time. so bad. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a great time. It's well worth checking out. But while there, there was a keynote speaker, and her name um, is Carlisha Williams. So if you ever look her up, she's wonderful. She wrote a book, and I bought it when I was at the conference, but I'm sure you could probably get it just about anywhere. But she's, she was fantastic, a fantastic speaker. But one thing that stuck out, she didn't speak about this particular topic, but in her keynote, she talked about having a yes criteria. And that was a little nugget I took away from that conference that has helped me out. What she said was, have a criteria, but while you have a clear head right now before people are asking you things, think about what would make you say yes to something and what doesn't fit. Like your criteria could be, well, will this take too much time away from my family? Then I've got to say no. Will my husband support it? Well, I, if you're asking me something I know he's not going to, then I've got to automatically say no. Will it um, uplift me? Will it be something that's, you know, I give glory to God through? Then I can say yes. Will it be something that I can fit between this schedule and that schedule? It was like just developing your own personal criteria of like a checklist. If it matches, if it aligns, if I can check off every list, then yes, I, I can freely say yes to you. But if I can't, if it interrupts something, if it doesn't match up, then I guess I have to say no. Because when it's on paper or you really got that in your head point by point, it's easier to say no because you're just following the rule. You're just following something you set up for yourself. And this way you're not digging yourself into a hole because it's like, well, I said yes, but I really don't have the time. And I've been there because I've done that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've done that. I've said yes to things knowing when I said yes, I didn't have the time. But I thought, well, I don't want it to be a missed opportunity or they acted like they really needed me or they acted like – but it, oh now it – yeah, It's every day. Yeah, yeah. have you no, been there? I, I can, I'm totally there with you every day. I add, My husband always is just like, what are you doing to yourself? You know that you can do this. I can totally relate to that. 
So your criteria could be, well, my husband look at me like I have five heads. If I say yes, exactly. then I guess I'll have to say no. <laughs> I thought it was interesting you brought up that book because my sister was actually uh, encouraging me to read this book that she finished. Uh, I think it's by Lisa Turkhurst. Um, it's on I, – I actually got the book from our church library, but it's called I Think the Best Yet. And I might totally be pulling that out of a hat, but I think that it's a really popular book from what I've heard, and it's it's about the exact same thing, about what your criteria should be for saying yes so that we don't get all of that mom guilt piled on to us right. for what we are, you know, not being able to keep, up, to keep up with in life. And that actually brings us to our next point about the comparison trap. I mean, how often do we we demand so much of ourselves and make the standards so high for, you know, what what we should be accomplishing as a mom, a wife, homeschooler, um, all these different things, and we aren't living up to that standard that we've created for ourselves because we see it in other moms' Facebook posts, you know, the one time that they post in a week and they're, they've, uh, <laughs> you know, perfectly crafted the you know the kitchen table with the you know whatever project they're doing with their kids that day and we take that one moment and we compare ourselves to that <laughs> little snippet. right and i think there was a facebook meme or there was something like that that said not to compare um your worst day to somebody else's best day you know because yes. we share our best days we don't share our worst days and sometimes, if you've noticed, even people who are sharing their worst days, it still sounds really good. It's like they really got, it's like, wow, they found so much wisdom in that, and I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you know? I know, that's so, so true. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they've achieved victory over it. That's great, you know, but maybe we still haven't. You have a little grace for yourself that we can't fall into the lie that we are not doing a good job because we didn't, so-and-so is doing this and we're not doing that. So, I mean, I think the best advice for comparison that that trap that we fall into because it just leads to dissatisfaction um, because what it does is we then we focus only on our failures and we're not focusing on anything else we're just failure failure so the best way to do that is just don't do it don't do it be you know what praise God when you see somebody did a great job say oh that's great I, I'm happy for you that's great you know what a blessing to see that as an example wonderful but also you know but don't think of it as don't personalize it or internalize it because it's not necessarily you you know you can't compare if i compared myself to some people i i would probably feel down about myself all day long well you know the one thing um, i will mention is i you know that i've struggled with a lot of postpartum depression over the years i've had babies back to back and i i find this one issue to be a chronic problem that I struggle with of looking at other moms and feeling like they have it all together and I'm me over here just you know exhausted I haven't showered in a couple of days (laughs) you know I smell like spit up (laughs) and so and you know I might miss a couple of days of school in a week and I, I always feel like I'm behind and trying to catch up with the kids and I, so I do find myself falling into this quite often and really having to bring myself back to thinking through and meditating on and reading through the promises of God to help right. re, to align myself with the truth that my worth is not in what I can accomplish, 
but my worth is in what he can accomplish through me. So right. that's And when where, I hear people yeah. – oh, I'm sorry. When I hear people saying, oh, I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? You have so much, you know, how to, and then they feel bad, like, I can't even get this done. I'm like, oh, don't, no. I wish I was the person you're seeing. I, I really do. I wish that that – your perception of me, I wish was reality. Sometimes we have to realize that our perceptions of what someone else is doing is just that, a perception. And you, we will have, everybody will have their own trials and their own victories. And I don't necessarily want to say when we see somebody doing great, let's think in, our, think in the back of our minds, well, they have a lot of bad things going on too. No, we don't right. want to do that either. What we want to do is just say, don't do it. Be happy for that person and think about your own victories. Be happy with what, what God has provided for you. I think that gratitude and walking in gratitude every day and realizing what our blessings are will help diminish this comparison trap that we can sometimes fall into. Because we, we're an example families. that would be for our kids. Well, what an example that would be for our kids if we're, if we're constantly reminding ourselves and them of what we have that is such a blessing in our life. That, that I think that would be a great example to our children as they grow up to always be, again, realigning their thoughts with, you know, what the Lord would have them think about. Exactly. Yeah, that is a good point because I think that our comparison is is just the idea of looking at someone else. It's like wearing, we don't want to stumble around in another woman's shoes. We have to deal with what we're dealing with. We have to deal with what God's given us, and we, that's what he gave us to handle. And, you know, that's pretty special and pretty encouraging that this is what he has for us, and he picked that for us to, to rely on him, to glorify him through and only we can do it because it was what was given to us. And that in and of itself is pretty encouraging. That's so, that's so right. Yeah. So now let's move on to our third point. And this can be a big one. This is a lack of discipline in the home. Oh, when my We goodness. have a <laughs> lack of discipline. And, you know, there's a – is it we struggle on a rough road being homeschooling moms. We play two roles with our kids. We're mom and we're teacher. And sometimes it's really hard to separate the two. And we don't always have to separate the two, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for our kids to separate the two, that they could take yes. out a frustration on, well, I don't want to do my math work, or I'm not, they're upset that they couldn't have, you know, ice cream for breakfast. So now when it comes time to do math, they're giving an attitude. So, you know, that sometimes being in the home and, playing both of these roles, they intermingle in ways that are unexpected and often frustrating. There are times that that happens. There are times that we think that a lack of discipline is, we mistake it for maybe a curriculum not working or something not working out or kids needing a break or, and sometimes it really is, it really is those things. I mean, there are times that well, it is. You know, I have to admit, I had not thought of that before. What you just said about Maybe we mistake something as being the wrong curriculum, but it's actually a discipline issue. I don't know that I have even thought of that before, so I'm glad you brought that point up because, I mean, you know I've changed curriculums multiple times being a new homeschooler, and maybe I just need to, you know, stick to something for a while and try and work with the way my child is approaching it and help Well, help I think sometimes – when we switch, it depends how you're doing it, because it's not always the case, of course. Nothing's always going to be the case. But if our child is doing something, like let's take a subject that most of us know math and science can be among the harder subjects and for a lot of people more challenging. 
so say you have a math curriculum and your child is, is struggling, not struggling through it, but maybe they just don't like math and they don't like doing it and they don't like that there's 50 problems on the page. So we, when they don't like something, we change it. And then when they don't like it again, we change it again because our desire is for them to learn and enjoy their education. That's our desire. But some things aren't going to be enjoyable and they still have to learn how to deal with it. So sometimes if we keep changing, they see, you know, if I don't like something, and I don't do it well, or I act like I'm not going to do it, she's just going to change it anyway. It's just going to get changed until it's something that I like. And that's not a good example. Now, keep in mind, there are definite times to change. There are times when a curriculum is not working. We are only talking about those times when it's a discipline issue. So if you switch curriculums recently, don't take that as, oh, no, I did the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm sure you again. did the right thing. <laughs> I'm sure it was the right thing. And even if you did and it was, oh, your kid just really didn't like the format, it's fine. Let, it's just those are one of the ways it can manifest. We have well, to make I, sure that we're teaching obedience first. Yes. And and I've even I've started to learn um, different approaches to my children using the same curriculum where maybe I need more discipline, not just the kids. <laughs> of, you know, right, how, right. How I'm approaching the children of uh, working with you know kind of looking at their personality and working with um, where they're struggling to just approach them in a different way, maybe a more kind kind manner, that sort of thing to to help them understand that. So lack of discipline in the kids and lack of discipline in the mom, <laughs> both have to be right. Approached. Well, you know, it leads to many disrupted days. It leads to a negative attitude in the home, which becomes chronic. So if you're having a lack of discipline, a child who's not doing what they're asked to do, a child who's not performing their chores correctly or doing them when they're asked, a child who is not turning in their work or not having a good attitude when you're teaching them, it's going to become this atmosphere where both of you dread schooling. You want yes. to avoid it. You don't want to do it. And you ha that's, there's, there will be no joy. It it's, will suck it right out. And it's not just the, you know, sometimes there are reasons why people are, you know, children are, don't respond well that are legitimate, you know, that are real. I mean, I have a child that's dyslexic, and there were times that it looked like she wasn't paying attention at all. But it was because she had an issue, and once we switched that, then things improved. So there are a lot of facets to this. It's not just are they acting up during class, are they acting up while I'm trying to teach. If you have a child that is having issues just obeying, and you know what? Children have those issues. Don't, it's not something to be embarrassed about. It's they're children. They don't always want to obey. They want to do what they want to do, don't we all? It's just that we've learned that we don't always get our way. If you find that you have discipline issues in the house, your children are not going to learn as well. So what you need to do is you need to stop the studies. You can stop them for a week and study character. Pray with your child. Pray about the atmosphere in your home. Try to get back to a point where you enjoy being with one another, where they understand that obedience is your primary responsibility here. And just take that time. You're not going to be, don't worry about wasting time, like, oh, I'm a week behind. No, you will be far, far, far better off by focusing on character because you're going to be such, so much further behind if your child, no, is, that's, you and your child yes. are butting heads. That's so, so you don't true. Wanna... I've heard many, many homeschooling moms say that they took a week off from school just to focus on 
teaching their kids how to obey when it came to cleaning up their rooms. And they said it changed their entire homeschool year just working right. on that because it filtered into so many other areas of their day. Right. We actually right. have habit some training. character training resources right now, don't we, on the website for free. We Absolutely. And they're free. Absolutely correct. They are absolutely free. And all you have to do is go to our website and – we have great four great resources that are, and they're normally they're not free. This is just a promo that we're doing, so you're going to have to get it now um, before they, this ends. <laughs> just at talkingmomtomom.com. So we'll we'll just leave that right there and put the link in in the show notes so that uh, for those in the audience who are listening, if you want to go there and grab those uh, through the end of the month, you can. But um, yeah, character training, uh, instilling biblical truths in the hearts of your children, it's important from birth through when they leave home. <laughs> it just, that it really is. It <laughs> is the is most whole important thing. Right. Yeah. It's the most important thing you can teach your child. I, I, we often say, you often have parents who say that they took their children out of school because of the character, you know, they're not, the way, what they're seeing, what the child's being exposed to. And then we bring them into our home, and sometimes we let things go. Or sometimes we still have those issues. So what you need to do is just that's the primary responsibility is to focus on character because once that's in place, everything else will just go so much, so much smoother once you have that into place. Now, it's never going to be perfect. Of course, nothing ever will be. But you want to make sure that your foundation is set on character first, and that will help you out, believe me. It's going to help out over the years over when you have to tell your kids to do work that's even harder and have to turn things in. I mean, homeschooling is always going to be a challenge for everyone, but they should be good challenges and challenges that we learn from, the, you know, that are for our profit. That's, that's what we want to accomplish. Well, so I no, think I that's going to bring us more. to our fourth point where we talk about, and, and this kind of will, will fall in line too, with having ridiculous expectations on ourselves, on our kids, you know, having those ridiculous expectations of either how much we can get done in a day, how, how much our kids can get done in a day, what they should be achieving. You know, you give yes. your child calculus and should they ace it the first day? Or if they're struggling, do we feel that, um, you know, somehow it's our fault? Do we feel that we're not good enough? You know, do we feel, I mean, because these are the kind of things that lead to anger, frustration, uh, feelings of like we're failing in our homeschool, we're failing our children. And, of course, all of those, again, are going to steal our joy if we're adhering to ridiculous expectations because we, we hear, hear these stories of these homeschoolers that are, um, you know, they're 11 years old and they have the first bachelor's degree, you know, or they've won the spelling bee at the age of three. You know, we hear those stories and we say, that's why I want to homeschool. That's why. And often, and it's like, that's not why you want to homeschool. I mean, giving your child the best opportunity to be their best selves, that's a great reason to homeschool. Doing it out of the conviction that God has laid on your heart, that's a great reason to homeschool. That's the best one you can come up with. But putting the expectation on your child that they must perform to a particular level before you really know where their talents lie, what their learning style is, what, where God wants them to be, that can just lead to a lot of frustration on your part and on your child's part because we want yeah. them to achieve so well. I mean, we, we, we so badly, you know, our heart is in this. So sometimes we take it 
to a little bit of an extreme. Well, and, you know, sometimes we actually, if you have, I, I will use an example from my own family. My first daughter uh, learned to read at a very young age of, you know, uh, like she was older, three, four years old, when she started reading. And then when my second daughter came along, it took her a little bit longer, which was totally in a normal range. But sometimes I do think that we even fall, when you're talking about, you know, having ridiculous expectations of children, sometimes we get really hard on ourselves and our kids if they don't meet, you know, the standard that another one accomplished versus realizing that Mm -hmm. they're all different and we should, you know, give each of them a chance to thrive on their own playing field. Does that make sense? (laughs) Right. It does because, you know what, we we homeschool – to give our children individualized education. And that's not, that is for each child, not just a family. It's not exactly. just a grouping of them. You know, and nothing teaches you to get rid of your expectations, like having a child that has learning issues, because I have children with dyslexia. And I have a child who read without me ever teaching him. He could read, he could spell, he just, I, I would do work with his older sister, and he could answer all the questions on our test. She was, I mean, she's very smart as well, but she had some difficulties where he just excelled, especially reading. Reading has been the big thing in my house because I have three daughters right. that have issues with reading and one son who couldn't read anything went by the time he turned five. I mean, anything. The boy yeah. was just reading levels ahead. And it, it makes things very um, difficult when you don't know why someone else is okay, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not doing this. And then you're like, oh, well, there's dyslexia. That's the reason why we're having issues. And it causes you, it forces you to, and I don't want to say lower your expectations. It's not lowering, it's changing. It's, it's setting expectations that are challenging but reasonable on each exactly. child for their individual situation. And then, you know what, another thing when we're talking about that sibling, that was a good point that you made um, about we compare siblings, but we had also – all these little things that still our joy can still our children's joy from homeschooling. Yes. Because oh my goodness. when we have, yeah, apply it that way too. I just, and I just thought of that now because I thought about how my son, who is the golden child, who, how he doesn't <laughs> understand how his, his sister is like, I don't understand why she can't read that. It's so easy. I don't get it. I don't get why she did. And sadly enough, he said it in front of her. Well, then, you know, then mama bear comes out. <laughs> but, so he has ridiculous expectations placed on, siblings or what ends up happening is they may have them on themselves you know like oh why am I not doing this why can't I you know why can't I achieve this so I think that when we treat our children treat them like these little gifts that we open up and say we're going to learn about this today let's see how you well how do you what do you get out of this let's see how you learn you know let's let's that's really I love that analogy that is you know, so let's approach perfect. this exactly right because you know what I have no expectations. I want to see what you can do. I want you to set your own expect. I want you to see what you're going to do and show me how we're going to go about this. And that will cut down on this these per- perfectionism. Those of us that are perfectionists, I know Lindsay suffers from that, and I do too. <laughs> Sometimes we have to adjust our gears. We have to you know, go through that ourselves. <laughs> it definitely is. It is. It is. So, yeah, I think that if we go through and we kind of also apply these to what our children may be learning from us or what they may be learning from each other or learning from other kids they know or just as we go through our day, because if we don't establish a joyful home, then obviously it's going to be really hard for them to find joy in homeschooling. And all moms agree that it's it's the hardest job, but it really is 
the most rewarding, most fulfilling job that there is as well. Well, I just, you know, I think about going going through it, all of these things that we talked about, about being overscheduled and the comparison trap that we fall in and, you know, the discipline problems I have with my kids in the home. I used to actually be really great at discipline. I felt like at least with my older kids, and then by the time the last three came along and I was tired, it kind of all got out of my control. But just talking yeah. about the ridiculous expectations that we put on ourselves and how stressed, I mean, we talk, you and I talk about this all the time, how stressed out we are, you know, anxious feelings that we deal with. Um, and when we get like that, it does still, it sucks the joy out of our home, our homeschooling, our work, all of those different things. And it feeds into our children and right and neither one of us want our children to grow up with those those same kind of feelings that you know you and I experience um, right because we, we want, want them we, to look back on this with a joy like oh homeschooling was wonderful you know or, but or we also know, want to teach them good time management skill skills right and you know I feel like a failure in that area because I'm looking at every, you know, all these other moms who seem to have that together on their Facebook feed. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) no, it's, uh, you know, all of these things that I see in myself that do suck the joy out of our day, but I, we, we want to figure out how to, how to turn that around and to teach our children the opposite of that. And I, I think, you know, to give them a better example and I keep coming back to, when we're when we're doing these things that steal the joy out of our day, how do we get that joy back into our day? And I really think it starts with God's word. Um, right, I believe that. I I just we, my husband and I just went to a marriage conference a couple of weekends ago, and something that uh, the pastor said it was Matt Chandler's um, 2017 marriage conference. I guess he does it every year, but he said um, something about reading God's word just multiple times a day, even if it was small bits here and there. So he would start off his day with a song. Before lunch or during lunch with the kids, you could sit down and read, um, you know, if you have a a certain kind of uh, Christian devotional book that you like to do with your family, read a short script from there. And then sit down at night um, with, you know, the whole family and read something together and maybe even sing a hymn. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out, you know, kill-your-day type of thing. I think it might actually be better to do the small burst throughout the day because right. if I'm having a really bad mommy mood <laughs> in a day, that very quickly helps me to align myself because I don't want to read God's word and then turn around and yell at the kids because that's, you know, very quickly going to make you feel like a hypocrite. So um, I, I We want to interweave God throughout our day instead exactly. of just well, saying. Well, just going right along with Deuteronomy about, you know, you, you're supposed to, uh, post God's scripture on the doorpost and where mm-hmm. what is the verse where on the frontals on your lobes all of the different you're, you're supposed to have it as a part of your day and what you said interwoven throughout so that it it's a constant reminder and constantly realigning you with God's word and what he calls us to be and what an example that would be to our kids it would help to put it creates an environment that brings joy back into your home and homeschool. Right, because, you know, joy is not something that we need to associate with worldly ideals or these lies that we tell ourselves. You know, our, our homeschooling should be an offering to God, and we should be walking worthy. We should be walking in gratitude. 
And I know it's hard. I mean, it can be hard. Of course it is. But that's God will help you with when it's hard. You know, I it's we don't necessarily want to put our devotions with our families. Like I like the idea of interweaving it throughout the day and making sure we're always, you know, holding God's hand as we're walking through this together. Because if it's just this one little isolated time, it can be kind of contrived. And there's nothing wrong right. with doing, of course, there's nothing wrong with it, but doing family devotion time. But the idea of making sure that we're always, you know, we're constantly, continually walking in prayer and gratitude throughout our day. And, you know, because he gave us, you know, he gave us charge over these children, you know. And when you feel like you're not doing a good job, you know what, he gave you these children, which means you are qualified to raise these children. He will equip you to do that if you rely on him. And that's the biggest point because we feel like failures. But you know what, we could be. But you know what? We have God, and he will equip us. We don't need to go out and learn calculus. We don't need to go out and, and feel bad because we slipped up. We allow God to equip us. And as long as that, we're letting God fill us every day, and re, we're getting renewed by him, then we can bring that joy back. It might not happen in a day, depending on what situation you're in. But as long as you're relying on God, you will get there. You will get to a place where you feel more joy than dread when you wake up in the morning and have to go meet your kids and start your homeschool day. Absolutely. No, I, I can't agree with you more. I, this has actually given me a lot of new things I'm going to try <laughs> in our home and homeschooling. Your, your idea about opening your child up as if they're a gift every day <laughs> and really just approaching the school day as what are you going to show me that you can do? I just, I love that. So, and I yeah, think I've I, got a couple of new books added to my, my reading list for the year. You know, we try to make, we just need to try to make our homes joyful and peaceful. And like I said, it's, it's not going to happen every day. We, we live in reality too. We know um, that that's not. And, there are going if to be we, those hard days. If we mess up, what you said about we have to give ourselves grace. If we mess up, we can't feel like what all do we have to do to get back to, you know, forgiveness. If we mess up, right. that, you know, we just need to start over again. And it's okay. So, you know, start every day, his mercies are new. I think I said that in our introduction. And that's how you have to greet your day. So whatever your day was yesterday, Start a new day and understand that his mercies are new and you can just start fresh. And Yeah, and think know. of it as a new day. So when your kids spilled milk yesterday and they spill milk today, it's not this, you're not compounded with, oh, this happens every day, I can't take it. <laughs> it's a brand new day. Don't worry about it. It's a new day. If it happens today, if it happens tomorrow, it's a, just take what the day gives you. Go day by day. Yes. <laughs> just go day maybe, by day. Maybe it's hour by what hour. Happens. <laughs> hour by, by hour. <laughs> day by day. Just let it happen. Let and just try. You are in charge of your home. You know you're you're in charge of the mood. So as long as you're you go prayed up before you you know decide to open those books or decide to meet your children in the morning and you continually praying throughout the day, then you will have a better chance of making your home a place that's joyful and peaceful, even on the days they're not. Because yeah, there are hard days, but. Even on the days that are not necessarily the most joyful days, there's always joy in having Christ. And I think that's a good thing that we can teach our kids. Like, yeah, you know, it's been a rough day, but you know what? We have God. We got through it. There's blessings still here. We had a lot of blessings today, regardless of what happened today. 
So I, I think that's a good example to our kids, and it's a good example how they can lead godly lives. You know, so I think that if we go through um, and we try to these four points where you know being you know over scheduling our days because maybe we're trying to find joy there or we're trying to accomplish something there that's not necessarily working, and you know what, if you're someone that can schedule your days and your your family's thriving and they're doing constant activities all day, and you know what, that's fine. Call, I'm not call talking us to you. and let us know how you do. That. Yeah, call <laughs> us and know how you do it. But you know what, we're not talking, if that's what's thriving, if you're happy, then that's not necessarily for you, right? I mean, go ahead, do what, do how, run your homeschool, how you feel convicted, how your family is thriving. I mean, that's perfectly fine. If you're someone who feels like you're underscheduled, I mean, I remember being in that place when I didn't have a vehicle, I felt like I was failing my kids because we never went anywhere until my husband came home at work, from work at well, night I because I'm like, we're home all the time. I live in a rural area, so we are home all the time, and I guess it doesn't get to me too much, so <laughs> it depends well, yeah, on the I mean, person's and, personality. Right, it does, and sometimes I felt like, well, I'm not getting them out enough, but, you know, when my son talks about homeschooling, he's 17 now, when he talks about what he remembers, when he's... And he's talking about because we've gone through, we didn't have a car, we didn't have a car, we didn't have a car. His fondest memories were always the things that happened at home. Like, I remember when we did this, and, and they're all from being at home. So oh, how neat. So bad. Yeah. And, you know, and then, again, like, we'll go over comparison. Just stop it. We don't really have anything else to say to that, but stop. Just stop. Stop doing it. <laughs> Lack of discipline. Get yourself whatever means works for you. It's going to be different for everybody. Maybe chore charts work for you. Maybe reward systems work for you. Maybe something else work, a good character study, devotions. Just whatever you're doing, make sure you're instilling Christ in your children. Yeah. Um, that, get a good, when you're talking about character, make sure it's from God's perspective, using the word, using God's word. God's word is a living, you know, get that into your kid. Have them memorize scripture that helps them obey, helps them remember that. And um, also these expectations, just kick them to the curb. Just don't feel bad. Don't waste time. Don't waste time feeling bad about yourself. Don't waste time because you only did math and reading today. And and you didn't get to, you know, you didn't get to making the Great Wall of China. I mean, just, just don't worry about <laughs> that, it. Just, those timelines that you haven't gotten to, don't don't feel bad about that. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I never, I've never done one. It's a running joke in my house that we've never done a timeline. And I did feel bad about that for a long time, <laughs> oddly enough. But so, it's okay. Not everyone has to do a timeline. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, as um, as we go, I'm thinking towards our next podcast uh, on Saturday. What is that? The 25th. Am I saying that right? No. What's today? Um, oh, I'm sorry. March 4th. That's the I March am so 4th off of my now. days. Yeah, March 4th is the next podcast. Um, I think we decided to talk about husbands and homeschooling, didn't we? Yes, we did. We will be talking about husbands and homeschooling and how if if you have a husband that's super involved or if you have a husband that's not involved at all or if you have a husband that, you know, just he wants to be involved but he's not home because he's working. You know, how, how do you... Uh, bring the husbands into your homeschool and how do you function um, if they, right. you know, generally don't have um, the desire to become be a, a homeschooling part of it. family, not just a homeschooling yes. mom. <laughs> exactly, but some some women don't have, you know, the option, and so we'll we'll speak to that right. too. 
Right, so, right. Uh, we'll discuss how we can still connect everybody even when, because I've been through that. I, I, that. That's my life. So I can totally, totally help you out there. <laughs> well, uh, we really appreciate everyone who joined us for uh, po- our podcast, our second episode on this podcast with the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And we hope that you'll join us again on March 4th for our episode on husbands in homeschooling. And uh, if you want to brush up on anything that we have talked about, you can check out this episode on ultimatehomeschoolradio.com and on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind, if you'll uh, subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, we would sure appreciate that help as it helps other homeschooling moms who are looking for a podcast to know what you thought about us. So uh, we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.